Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Sunday, December 5th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got so many things to discuss. Christopher, my gracious, what a... Uh, what an insane day. A lot of a lot of dogs ended up winning outright, which is something that we do not usually see. Uh, Felica said before all of this that since the playoff went into effect 2014, 23-1 straight up for favorites of four points or more. Um, and we had we had several that did not uh, not only did not cover, but did not win outright. There is uh, much to discuss. In the world of college football, let me go ahead and tell you, go to winningcureseverything.com. That is your one-stop shop. Everything you need to know about us, you can find over there. Everywhere that you need to subscribe, everywhere that you need to follow us on social media, go ahead and knock that out. Winningcureseverything.com. If you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, which we've already got multiple people that are in the chat, and we certainly appreciate you guys. I had a feeling this would be a fun one this morning. Um, yeah. If, you, uh, if you've not subscribed to the podcast, please go ahead and do so. That is, uh, we're thinking about maybe doing some podcast-only kind of stuff going forward. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. But with that said, leave a nice five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. That certainly helps us out. Listen on Spotify. Listen on Google Podcast. Well, whatever your podcast app is, go ahead and knock that thing out. I do the BetUS College Football Show. Chris does the Bookmaker Review College Football Show. You can find the links to both of those in the description below. And the show is always brought to you by BetUS. It is America's top online sports book. You can find them at BetUS.com. Head over there and make sure that you get signed up, hooked up. we got a fun bowl season coming. Chris, uh, let's start off with some of the news. Because, uh, well, first off, this, this should be like the easiest top four that they've had, right? Like, is there well, yeah, really we, we know the four. It's just the order. Like, now we yeah, just we know, see we, know, we know the four. We just need the order. There you go. Um, 
I'll go ahead and say this. Uh, Ball Python Love jumps in. He said, hello, Gary. Uh, hello, Chris, uh, et cetera. He did jump in and say, let's go Cincy, no roll tide. Uh, and I, of course, responded, how dare you? Uh, let's see. Trevor Shackelford jumps in, uh, said, go blue. Be smooth, James. Uh, Casey, live ones, media, uh, all sorts of people. So this is, uh, let's see, anyone's bets go as badly as mine yesterday. Sheesh. Yes, yes, I had some bad bets. Bad bets yesterday. Luckily, luckily, I was okay on the season. So yesterday was just a bad, I, I think I may not bet championship weekend going forward. <laughs> it was that bad. Um, Brent Venables appears to be the guy, Chris. Uh, I, I went on the show on Monday and said that I had been told that Ven- it's Venables, period. Um, that there is really no other option. They're doing their due diligence, but that it would be Brent Venables at the end of the day. And this morning, of course, uh, it, it's not official, it's whatever, but it, all of the big-name people that you would normally expect are saying that it's going to be Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Uh, does that surprise you, that they would go a different direction than an offensive guy like like Lincoln? No, it doesn't surprise me. And I, I don't know that some of these ADs pay that much attention to this stuff. Like I, yeah. I don't like. I think we in the media try to make storylines, and these guys are just trying to hire hire the right guy for the job. And I don't know that they care that the last guy that was really successful was a defensive guy and his first head coaching job, <clears throat> and then we had an offensive guy at his first head coaching job. So now let's go to a defensive guy again. Like I don't, I don't know that anybody pays attention to that when you're an AD. I think you're. It's just so damn hard to hire somebody good. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, and the rumors are, of course, are not not necessarily rumors. It appears that it is a package deal. He's going to bring Jeff Lebby back to Oklahoma. Uh, Jeff Lebby, of course, the offensive coordinator under Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. And uh, it's not super shocking. Lebby was one of the guys, uh, I believe, when he was at Baylor, or maybe it was Texas Tech. I don't remember where he was, but he got caught spying on Oklahoma from the opposing sideline at one point. So it... It was questionable, but at the end of the day, Lebby went to school at Oklahoma. He played at Oklahoma uh, going home. I mean, I, I, you can't fault a guy for doing that, especially if the money is going to be similar or more. So, uh, Baylor, that's what it was. Gary said. Uh, Gary Lewis jumped in and said it was Baylor. So, yes, uh, you know, it, it's not shocking to me that he would go back uh, to Oklahoma, uh, especially under a defensive coach that is going to somewhat give him free reign on the offense, I would believe. So we'll we'll see. That's kind of what Venables has done at Clemson. He was the D.C. for forever, and Dabo just let him handle the defensive side of the ball. I would imagine the same thing will go in here. Hires in an O.C., he's going to let him handle the offensive side of the ball. So yeah. uh, the other news. So all of this kind of came out Friday before the Pac-12 title game and during the Pac-12 title game, et cetera, et cetera. It appears that Miami is getting their ducks in a row. They are going hard after. It's not official yet, but it looks like it will be soon. Clemson's athletic director, Dan Radakovich, uh, is possibly going to Miami. And him coming in, he's going to be the highest paid AD in the country, uh, making, I think, $3 million or more per season, which is kind of crazy, kind of crazy. But he's possibly bringing with him Mario Cristobal from Oregon. Now, None of this is confirmed. This is all rumor. Again, Cristobal played at Miami, has family that lives in Miami. He is Miami. Like, that's what he is. Miami is not what Oregon is in today's college football. But 
much the same way that we saw with USC, if they are prepared to make an investment into the program and really go after this thing. Does that surprise you that Cristobal and uh, and old Dan from Clemson would make their way down to Miami? I, I think it's surprising that they almost have a deal in place or they're going hard after Dan and they still haven't fired Manny. <laughs> how well, how like, shitty well, is this that, is a by job, the way? This is a job that's not open right now. Like, it is currently not open. It's so ridiculous. And they already have their next head coach, and this is not like a coach-in-waiting situation. It's so, it's so awful. Like, like, like I'm okay with behind-the-scenes doing what you got to do to kind of get a feel for who you're going. But once you have an idea, I've got a list of names. I'm comfortable with these names. All right. Then you fire your coach so that he can move on with his life. But leaving him sitting in limbo is just a shit thing to do. Yes. This school is proven to be just about as awfully ran as anything I can ever imagine. I mean, there are people at Tennessee and Knoxville that are, that are laughing at Miami for how poorly this is going. It's uh, it's fairly ridiculous. Um, you know, hey, Casey jumped in. What's up with the DB coach for Oklahoma recruiting for USC? There's, there's a lot to that. We might hit that on the Tuesday show. Um, but it's, it's, it's a compliance issue. I will, I will tell you that you can't work for one school and, and be, recruiting for another uh, without officially being on the day. We'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. we got too much to discuss today. Um, but yes, it, Miami, uh, we, we kind of saw USC doing this for a long time with Clay Helton, right? Like they messing around behind the scenes. Texas kind of did it with Tom Herman. It was, hey, you know, we you're the coach, but if we can get this guy, hey, you're probably not going to be the coach anymore. And that's just a shitty way to go through it. Right, I mean, like, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna just flat ass tell you that Texas doesn't have a losing season under Herman this year. Yeah, that's. that's <laughs> I agree with that. 100%. Like to not be able to go six and six in the Big Twelve is an absolute shame. It's a, and they they do there's, have a win. There's no there's uh, no excuses for that. They do have a win over a conference champion this year. They beat Lu- or uh, Louisiana in week one. <laughs> Who is in the top 25? Might be in the top 20 by the end of this. Uh, Eric jumped in and said, uh, that's fine if you get the right OC and let it make decisions. Uh, that's talking about uh, Matt Miller jumped in and said, Cristobal is a great coach. He's a great recruiter. That is true. And Eric said, that's fine if you get the right OC and let him make decisions. Uh, I think I think Cristobal is going to end up a lot like Ed. I think he has potential to be really good. He also has potential for it to go off the rails in Miami. Yes, 100 Hundred thousand percent. You're right. Uh, Eric said Oregon insiders don't expect Cristobal to leave, but anything could happen. That's the thing. It would not surprise me if he goes back to Miami if they are willing to put a big investment into the program and prove it. Like, there's got to be a way. If you go out and get Clemson's AD, that's a pretty big investment. You're you're showing some proof. There's proof of concept there. If you don't get how, him, how bad? How bad are things collapsing at Clemson right now? Oh my god! Dabo, Dabo is about to be exposed as the greatest fraud. People made fun of Ed O, and people called him a fraud for 2019. That that we the veil is about to come off the face of Dabo and Clemson because I've told you for a long time. I think you believe this too. I don't know this. I think I think I think Vitables was the man holding that entire program up uh most certainly the last two seasons um but it, it wasn't no, just I that think, like i think you, some of i think some of those championship years too 
Uh, yeah, that's that's part of it. Like he's always been built on great coordinators, right? That's it's what it's always been. If he can go out and get some more, but really good it wasn't. He was always built on great coordinators. It was he's he's had this one coordinator his entire time there, and well, all he had to do was worry about the offense. No, Brent was uh, God. They brought they had somebody else before Brent. Um, da, 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 pulling up the Wikipedia. Not long. Uh, he's. I mean, he's been at at Clemson for a minute since 20... I know you're right, 2012. So, yeah. Yeah, let's say Britt Brit was there almost the entire time. Yeah, Dabo's been there, what, 12? Uh, he's been there since 2008. Like oh, no. Of 2008. Yeah. So, so we hired him uh, in the 2012 well, season. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. Since the championship started, yeah. yes. Yes. He's been there He's been there basically Dabo's entire career, I think. And that's when the ship started to turn because when Dabo first got there, they weren't great. It right. took a little while to quote unquote build it. Well, who do you bring in that started building it? That you are not uh, incorrect on that. Um, so Casey said Clemson will bounce back, in my opinion, not because Dabo is a good coach, but because it's a big brand. Well, it's a big brand but now. They weren't a big brand but, before Brett, right? Like they, they they were not a big brand like at all. They they were not even close. They were not no. one of the class of the ACC. They were just another school. So, They're getting their ass kicked by South Carolina every year. <laughs> Uh, Matt Miller jumped in. As a UT fan, it wasn't about this year. Herman burned bridges and recruiting had plummeted. Uh, recruiting was still actually fairly decent, but plummeted. he just could not develop players for one. And for two, uh, yes, he burned all of the bridges necessary to be the coach at Texas. Like all the booster and whatnot bridges, uh, the boosters wanted him out. It wasn't to do with wins and losses. It was just he he wrecked that thing. Well, uh, congratulations. Hey, way, you got you got your yes man. You got somebody who won't burn bridges for you. He also won't win football games. So no, it, I, I told you that at the beginning of this season. Yeah. When all this, this is what off. happens when you hire bootlickers. Okay. Oh. This is what happens when you hire people that just bend over and take it. All right. There's a reason they're willing to bend over and take it. They know they bring nothing to the table. They're not good. Yep. Yep. You are not incorrect. They're good at saying yes. Um, on top of that, the uh, so we talked about Clemson falling apart, all that good stuff. Uh, Tony Elliott, the OC, who, of course, had a terrible season. Uh, it looks like he's in the running for both the Virginia job and the Duke job. That's so sad. That's so sad. I don't know how that he's, works. But... He's going to be terrible at both of them. Uh, Eric jumped in, by the way, said Tom Herman to Oregon as OC. Uh, Herman's Tom Herman's staying in the NFL. Yeah, he said he's staying in the NFL. Now he's he's just an analyst in the NFL right now, isn't he? Right, yeah, uh, but he will he system. will work his way he will work his way up. This was his first year in the NFL. Yeah. NFL coaches, the, it, the NFL is a very tight knit group. Okay, it's it's kind of hard to break in there. That there's a reason that all of the greats all have the same last name as former greats. There's just nepotism's a bitch in the NFL, all right? It's true. It, and it's so true. trying to break into that, yeah, I mean, it's just a hard thing to do. Um, next topic here that I wanted to hit, Quinn Ewers. Leaving Ohio State after one season, he, he basically redshirted, didn't see the field at all. Uh, he's the $1 million man, left his high school in Texas a year early to go and collect them checks, and I cannot fault him for that. Um but he didn't play this season, and apparently, from what I have been told, because I, I tweeted this out on Friday and was like, what is going on in this sport right now? This Everything is bananas. And I had multiple DMs from people that said, yo, this has actually been going on since, like, October. He got homesick. And I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense because he's a 
friggin' child. Like he's seventeen yeah. years old. What are we talking? Oh no, about? he was he was but, the same age as a normal high school kid. A yeah, normal he's a high freshman school kid. college. He was the same age as a normal college freshman. That's it. right, but he, oh, that's right. He's eighteen. That's right. Because he was he, held back. Yes, he's the exact same age. Which hell? Which that still happens, by the way. My yes. first freshman year of college, I went away with no friends. Went to a school where I didn't know a soul, and and yeah, I, I struggled my first year a lot. I struggled a whole lot. But it, now apparently he is going back to Texas, and it is between yeah. Texas Tech, which whoa. Joey McGuire, what are you doing? There's, um, there's zero then, chance he's going to Texas Tech. So, I, zero chance a number one quarterback in the country it, it, and from that class is going to Texas Tech. I would not say never on that. Okay. But we'll see. I'll say never. The other names, by the way, are That's Texas, because you won't ever put yourself out there. You, you, you just want everything. Yeah, you just do nothing but take chalk. So, <laughs> that's fine. This is not chalk. I think there's a very, very strong possibility that he goes to Texas Tech. Joey McGuire is so tied in down there and he sees what's going on at Texas and he sees what Texas A&M just went through uh, like yes Jimbo is one thing and you got a bunch of star players to play around with I just I wonder what the, I don't I don't know what this kid is right I don't know what he he went to Ohio State that's the place that you're supposed to go and like work your way up you can be a Heisman guy there you can da 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 I, I just wonder like is he somebody that would prefer the small town life and Lubbock would fit right <laughs> there's there's just that's not <clears throat> I just don't think it's gonna happen it it may not but um but we'll see we'll see hey Kevin Kelly what the hell I'm, I'm a little irritated about this I, I I don't know which direction this is going and I tried to reach out to a bunch of people that might have any kind of intel on it nobody knows what happened uh, this was not like a school firing. This was not. He just like decided. Okay, I I tried my gear, and we won our first two games, and we lost our last nine. We gave up uh, no less than fifty points in all of the last nine games, and this was fun. But I'm out. That's basically what this amounted to. And I would have really liked to have seen this played out. Yeah, the first guy through the wall is always going to be the guy to get bloody. Like that. That's just just the way trying new things happens. I wonder the level of support he was getting at Presbyterian. Well, I mean, we know what Presbyterian is. Like, there's no scholarship athletes. There's no... Well, yeah, but the they, whole conference, there's no scholarship athletes. So right. It's not like they play in a division where everybody else has scholars and they don't. But at some point in time, if you're getting pressure from outside influences, people that run the school and run the athletic department to do things differently, then it's real easy to say no. I'm yep. not, you brought me in because I do this. It's going to take time for this to work. So you either can let me do this and try it. And then when it's done, let me go. Or you can, you can ride me and harass me and try to get me to change things. But, but I'm not going to, but change. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'll just leave on my own and I'll go somewhere where I don't have to change. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would have liked to have seen it played out. Uh, yeah, me too. You know, but Alas, here we are. You uh, you ready to jump into some of these games? Yeah, let's uh, let's do this before the before the playoff announcement because we'll be, of course, talking about that as it happens. Uh, it's supposed to be at twelve fifteen p.m. Eastern time. So let's start off with Alabama forty one, Georgia twenty four in the SEC championship game. Uh, post-game win expectancy, Alabama 99%. Bryce Young, 26 out of 44, 421 yards, three touchdowns. Um, 
I think the more surprising thing is that Brian Robinson played with a pulled hamstring and ran the ball 16 times for 55 yards. Like, I got no idea. Georgia got zero sacks. They looked confused. Like, once they got up 10 to nothing, Alabama ran this uh, this crossing route that got Jamison Williams wide open, and and he burned those guys. You could tell he was so much faster than that secondary. And from there, Georgia was on their heels, and they could never get it back. Um, John Metti tore his ACL. He's going to be out of the playoffs. That is definitely not good. Uh, Alabama's offense was not nearly as explosive in the second half without him, but 24 second-quarter points for Alabama. Um, give me your thoughts on this before we dive into you know some of the numbers. Well, my first thought on this game was I I find it funny that that Saban credits the media and all the people that picked against them as yummy rat poison. Um, when when I, I don't I don't understand this. Did you see? You get by the, the way, let me you interrupt. Get the, you. Hang on, no, 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 no. no did you see? Damn it, Bryce damn it, let me finish. <laughs> all right, go ahead. <laughs> I love it how you get to suck dick for like nine games. Okay, offensively you don't look good at all. All right, against bad teams, against bad opponents. Okay, LSU, you only gave up 20 points. We gave up 45 points to Ole Miss, all right? Like, like against Auburn, you don't score for three quarters. Not, not you don't score a lot. You don't score at all. You don't get first downs at all the entire game. Like, you barely beat these teams that aren't good. And then you get to say nobody believes in us. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've got an entire season of resume. You have all the best players. You have all the best coaches. You get the benefit of every benefit of being the brand in the SEC for 20 years. And you underperform the entire season, and then you get to play up this nobody believes in us card? What the hell is that, man? People only are talking about what we've seen for 12 games. And we've seen you you win 11 of them, but we also see in most of those 11 games that you won, you look like crap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, there's a reason why I picked Georgia in the ballgame. Uh, there was no world where I could see Alabama being able to hold Georgia to zero sacks in this game. They changed up their offensive line. And I will tell you this, I did not believe it, but I talked to somebody that was a GA at Alabama just two seasons ago that is still tight with some of the guys that are on the staff there, uh, support staff and whatnot, who told me prior to that Alabama had been gearing up for Georgia basically since the Ole Miss game, which made zero sense to me because that is not how... I have been led to believe Nick Saban coaches. It is a game-to-game. Well, it cost him the A&M game. It almost cost him the Auburn game, and it should have cost him the LSU game, which means he never sees Georgia at all. Right. I I mean, it almost cost the Arkansas game. I mean, there was a lot. Yeah, and you're talking against bad teams. Like, that's Auburn team with their backup quarterback and no good skill players outside of Tank. Like, that's an LSU team that is a complete shit show. So, So, I did not buy that. Um, and yet, when they came out, uh, really in the in the second quarter, they started to get a feel for what Georgia was doing and whatnot. Uh, at that point, I it all made perfect sense. At that point, I could not believe it. Alabama had three sacks. Georgia had zero. 
Um, at, you know, at 115 rushing yards for Alabama. Like, they outrushed Georgia in this game. Now, part of that is because Georgia got down, so they had to throw the ball. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about Stetson Bennett. You know, that was a question coming into this game. I thought that Stetson had looked significantly better this season than he did last season. He was not prepared to be the starting quarterback last season. And he has had multiple games. What, 10 games of being the starter this year? Yeah. And JT Daniels, of course, had been dealing with injuries basically all year. Um, it's... He, and so, yesterday, 29 out of 48, 340 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. By the way, Brock Bowers, that tight end, best tight end in the country. And he's not even a finalist for the award. Like, I, I just, I don't understand it. He had 10 receptions for 139 yards and one touchdown. Um, this, <laughs> Casey keeps coming in with, this was rigged, Georgia gave him the game, da 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 I, I don't think so. I don't think that was it. Um, I just, I, if, if they... Alabama looked like they were really, really ready for what Georgia had. And Georgia looked like they had no idea what to do with what Alabama brought at them. And I don't think Alabama did anything way different necessarily. I just, I wonder if Georgia had really played anybody that has the kind of speed at receiver that Alabama does. And it's not just receivers, right? It's it's uh, tight ends. It's uh, the running backs. It's whoever, right? I, I just, I was shocked. What was this in the Iron Bowl? I, you got me. I got no. They couldn't protect. Where the was Iron this Bowl. two weeks before that when they played LSU? I, what What do you want me to say? Like, but this this doesn't make any sense. And all these people saying I'm a hater. Yeah, yeah, I don't like Alabama. Yes, I hate on Alabama. You're not answering my question, guys. How do you get to be shitty and then play the victim? Oh, no, that's that, not that, a hater. That's not a hater's take. I'm asking a question. How does that make me a hater? Asking a fucking question. What Answer I was, the question. What I was telling you beforehand is there are there's videos at the post game press conference of Bryce Young when Saban did his whole. Uh, I would like to thank the media. I you saw know, the videos. Guys, so everybody course, saw the videos, Gary. <laughs> which is exactly right. Like Saban does not like the media. He's got certain guys that he likes. But this was never <laughs> – I mean, it's, it's not that. Uh, Gary Lewis jumped in. Alabama outcoached Georgia by a zillion country miles. Playing from ahead all year hurt Georgia in a pressure situation. Now, we did bring that up uh, a little we, bit. We are going to now have to go back and look, and I'm curious to see how Georgia plays in the playoffs. We are going to have to reexamine Georgia's entire resume. And, yeah. and we want to use the word fraud. I've heard people use the word fraud when talking about Edo the last couple of years. I've heard people use the word fraud with Arkansas this year, which I thought was strange. We need to look at this Georgia team and think, if they play anybody in this playoff and get beat, should we, we need surprised? to reexamine the entire season. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Everybody thought that Georgia's defense was lights out, whatever. They gave up only 86 points for the entire year. And in this one game, they gave up 41. Like, now, 34 of that is offensive, right? Because uh, Stetson Bennett threw a pick six. Yeah. But, at, regardless, they 86 points total scored against Georgia this season, and they gave up 41. Like, that's bananas. Their, their uh, average score that they gave up per game was 6.1. Today, it's like 9.3. Like, it jumped three points from one game. That is insane. I I don't know what to make of this. I feel like everything that I have watched... I, I, I'll tell you, another game that did that to me was uh, the Northern Illinois-Kent State game. 
Uh, now, we'll get to that later on down the line, but I just, I, I will admit this, I had a lot of fun watching this. I lost my bet. I lost some money. But emotional hedge, I guess. Um, you know, because I didn't mind losing that to, to be able to watch this. Um, now, more, you know, we'll see if we get to see this game again. It could be completely different. I don't think the power ratings changed that much based off of yesterday, but I do know this. Uh, that Georgia secondary is questionable. I don't know that they can play press man. I, I know Cincinnati can play that. Uh, Bud Elliott was talking about that on the Cover 3 podcast, and, and we've seen Cincy do that all year. When they go well, up against and, the passing and, offense. And, like, and, uh, and Michigan can play that because we saw them do that against Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. I We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, there's Just because Alabama won this game does not necessarily mean that they are equipped to be able to win a national title. But they certainly handled If they play one. like they did yesterday, then they're the best team in the country. Oh, yeah, they can the beat problem is, is that is like the second time they've played that well all year. Yeah, like they, they, they haven't played that well all year except for maybe against Ole Miss. Yes, the two biggest games of the year that they really wanted to prep for um, Ole Miss embarrassed them last year, so of course they were prepped up for that one. And they looked like crap for weeks leading into Ole Miss. And yep, then they looked they like did. crap for weeks leading into Georgia, and then they put yep. on that performance. It, it's it's a little strange. This is not uh, the, the Nick Saban kind of coaching that I'm used to, but uh, it is what it is. Paul Riggs jumped in. Georgia played a week schedule. Yeah, uh, uh, Danny Cannell tweeted yesterday and said, what is Georgia's best win on the season? And uh, it's, it's either Kentucky it, or Clemson. It's well, no, I, I, well, probably Clemson's not a good win, Gary, and we know that. Know, like we've seen that, but that's not it. I, I mean, is it is it Tennessee? Like because they kind of routed Tennessee. I, well, I was about to say, well, but it didn't matter. Like at at Tennessee or at Auburn was what I was going to say because both those were on the road. Yeah, both were on the road, and and Auburn still had Bo Nix at that point. And but um, yeah, and Auburn was playing with Bo Nix, and Auburn was playing really well. I guess they were playing pretty well. They it was after the Georgia game when Auburn kind of took off. Yeah, yeah, for about uh, a three or four game stretch. Yeah, they beat Arkansas and they beat Ole Miss and you know and then they ran they beat into LSU. A&M. Yeah, they beat, beat LSU. No. Yeah, they, they, LSU they, went was, on, they went on. They went on. LSU was before the the Georgia game, so um, oh, that's right. They were. That's right. That's right. So yeah, Bryce Young. Uh, I think that I think that pretty much cements the Heisman, right? Like, yeah. Oh no, totally. I, I just I, I before that I wasn't sure he was he was a massive massive betting favorite like minus 225 heading into the weekend um but but hang on now that's not a massive betting favorite going into championship weekend the last like five years no the last like five years gary going into championship weekend the betting favorite was minus like 2000 or more we knew who the champion was we knew who the heisman was going to be the last five years well I, i don't know about last year i think last year was a little up in the well, year, maybe not in the last year, but all yeah. the years before that, where yeah, it was a quarterback and it was a, and it was a runaway. Baker was that way. Lamar was that way. Like all of, yeah. I'm talking. I'm going back a while. Like it's, Kyler it's Murray a, and, and Tua was a little questionable uh, up until that last weekend because uh, Tua was maybe. a big favorite, and then and then he got knocked out of that Georgia game. Uh, so yeah, like I, I would imagine Bryce probably knocked that thing out. Um, so that'll be the first Alabama quarterback to win a Heisman. Uh, so they've had a wide receiver and two running backs, and now a quarterback. Um, let's jump off of that. Let's jump into the Big 12. Uh, I think we spent long enough on the SEC. Uh, this is the other one that was a tight ball game. Baylor 21, Oklahoma State 16. Uh, running back Jalen Warren was out for this game. Quarterback Jerry Bohannon was out for this game. I think those two kind of washed each other out. Um, you know, 
Blake, uh, what, how do you say his name? Shapin? Um, he, Are you talking uh, about the, run, uh, quarterback? No, the quarterback? Quarterback. Uh, yeah. So, so I think like 23 out of 28, 180 yards, three touchdowns. Um, what, what well, I, he got play, to, I mean, he played almost the entire second half without being able to throw the football. Yeah. Uh, he like, if you have, can look at the splits, I'm, I'm going to bet that like 25 of those 28 passes were all before he got hurt. Uh, he was 17. He had 17 straight completions uh, yeah. in this game. Uh, no, ended up rolling. 23 out of 28. And obviously, you know, not right at some point. Uh, Baylor only had 242 yards of total offense. Uh, they only did, they only had four yards per play. So Jim Knowles' defense did what they were supposed to do in the second half. I look, Spencer Sanders, we've talked about him for years and whether or not he would be able to step up in a big, big situation. And he did it last week against Oklahoma. And this week, no touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, Oklahoma don't play defense. And this is Dave Aranda a second time around. I told you this was going to be a bloodbath for Oklahoma State to find a way into the end zone. No, you you were right. Uh, I didn't get a lot right this weekend, and that's fine. But this game, I knew, and I didn't know how Baylor was going to perform. I didn't know that. I knew Oklahoma State wasn't going to score easily. Uh, you You were dead on. Uh, the three touchdown drives by Baylor, by the way. Three plays, 11 yards. Three plays, 37 yards. Nine plays, 47 yards. All yep. three short fields, all... He trusted He trusted his defense to yep. get the ball, to take it away, and they did it. They did it over and over and over again. Yep. When they weren't taking the ball away, they were laying the lumber. This is the best defensive performance we saw all weekend. I, I, really what Michigan did was impressed... Like to be yeah. honest, what Michigan did was impressive, but they were playing an offense that just isn't good at football at all. Like, Agreed. like I think Michigan's really good. I'm not. This is not a takeaway on them holding Iowa to three. Not that's super more surprising. about that's that's more about you not letting them score a defensive touchdown because they didn't score offensive touchdowns a lot this year. No, you're 100 right. I mean, Wisconsin held them to seven points. So, uh, yeah. Oklahoma State had two field goals from the six yard line, one from the three. They were stopped at the one-inch line. There were two fourth-quarter uh, defensive stands inside the 10-yard line for Baylor. Uh, you know, Jim Knowles in that defense held Baylor scoreless in the second half. Uh, but, man... But they were one-dimensional. Like, we talked about Incredibly one-dimensional. Yes. They couldn't throw the football. Their quarterback was... I found it strange that they would rather be their second string quarterback who can't throw over a third string score a third string quarterback that at least gives you a chance to throw the football now i don't know any i'm not going to pretend to know anything about the third string quarterback he, he could literally just be a walk-on dude that that's just not a quarterback i mean that could be an emergency situation only but up against jim Knowles, up against this oklahoma state defense if you go one dimensional you have no chance yeah yeah no you're 100 right uh this was this wasn't super surprising, I don't guess, because we, <laughs> Gary Lewis jumped in, good Sanders, bad Sanders. Yeah, that's 100% what it is. 100% yeah. what it is. Yeah, but 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 if you look at all the times he was really good this year, they were against teams that just play trash defense. Yes. And any time he played a team, like this is not a he's, a, he's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing. This is a, if he plays somebody that doesn't press him, he can pick you apart and he's got wheels good enough to, 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 to make some moves with his legs. If you bottle him up and, and hit him a couple of times, it's over. Like, I, it's bad Sanders the rest of the day. My thought process on this, why I took Oklahoma State, was I thought that that defense was going to create opportunities and and maybe score themselves on Baylor, yeah. especially against the second-string quarterback that that uh, Jim Knowles already had film on, right? Like, we've seen this. 
they did it against Texas Tech. Texas Tech played lights out, beat up on Iowa State, who has a pretty good defense. But then as soon as you get film on them, Oklahoma State held them scoreless. Like, did not let them move the ball at all. And no, I understand Texas Tech, way different than Baylor. I get that. But, oh, I, I just... I, I think this Baylor team is incredibly well coached. I hope they can keep that staff together. I really do. Yeah. I'd like to see yeah. Aranda do well there for a while. We got into this debate with some of our other buddies in a group tech we got. And those guys all hate Baylor. I understand that they, they, they have they have different reasons for hating Baylor. I think Baylor might be the best job in the Big Twelve. It's it's possible. It's a hundred percent possible. Uh, I'm gonna Paul tell Ridge you this: the in. second best job in the Big Twelve is probably Houston now. Uh, I mean, since he might have something to say about that. I think, no, 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 talking about where they are as a program, okay? Because if if Luke Fickle left Cincinnati, I don't know that Cincinnati stays what they are. I think they're good. I don't think they fall to the abyss. But I I think that is a product of they've hired really well and they've done a good job, but that's a Luke Fickle thing. I think Houston's great no matter who's the head coach because of the city, the resources, the recruiting talent around them. That That's where it all comes from. I mean, from. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I since If Luke Fickle had, and Dana Holgerson swap places, would you think Houston's a better job or Cincinnati's a better job? Man... Yeah, Houston's, that's, Houston's that's the, probably that's the, the question. Yeah, that's Houston, that's that's the answer. Then. Uh, overall, that Houston's the answer. probably the better job. Cincinnati has had sustained success. The only coach that they did not hit on was Tommy Tuberville towards the end of his career. But they, I mean, they've had success with basically everybody that came through there. Like since he's always been pretty damn good. Um, you know, it's been a while since they've dominated a conference the way that they are right now, and that is definitely a fickle thing. But. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, that that actually leads us into the AAC. Let's talk about that. Cincy 35, yeah. Houston 20, and uh, you know, it, not super surprising here. Uh, big note on this uh, post game win expectancy. By the way, Cincy 100. Uh, percent Cincinnati was 0 of 8 on third down. 0 of 8. Now well, that the means other, they only had eight third downs. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. They only had eight. So that's third what downs. I hear when you say that. You hear a lot of a lot of people hear that. Oh, I'm looking at the eight, thinking you just played a 60 minute football game against a really good opponent, and you only had eight third downs. Yes, yes. Uh, Cincinnati pretty, only pretty ran good. at since he only ran 45 plays. Uh, Jeff Fogel um, went through all the different numbers on this. They won yards per play 8.9 to 4.6. They rushed 210 to 86 yards. They won drive points 28 to 14. That's 60-plus yard drives, uh, which is easy to do when you've got a 79-yard run, a 45-yard touchdown run, uh, a 40-something yard pass. Like, they hit explosive plays like it was going out of style. Um, Houston has a pretty good defensive line, but they were able to negate that. They're very aggressive, and they just attacked them. Like when when Houston's a really to... good football team, man. Luke Fickle has that machine rolling. This is the best game Desmond has played, maybe not all year, but pretty much all year. I I think I mean he was he was good. Uh, he was eleven I, out of seventeen think... for one hundred ninety yards and three touchdowns. Like, it, it's but not when a... he had to make when he had to make throws, man, he made some he made oh, he, some dynamite throws. He this is what did. I'm like he like when you're killing a team like that, yeah, you just keep bludgeoning them to death. But when he wanted to take the top off the defense and he wanted to make a throw, he was able to make it all day. Yeah, uh, Jerome Ford, eighteen attempts for 187 yards and two touchdowns. Ford was um, unbelievable. Getting him back is so big. We talked about how so many people criticize Cincinnati for losing these close games. 
What do you think these other teams would do if they lost their best offensive skill weapon in the middle of the season for like a four-game stretch? Yeah. Alabama was already playing close games, barely beating people. Like, like Michigan was still in dogfights. All these other teams were still in dogfights with other teams. Take away their best offensive skill player, and they lose a lot of those games. The fact that since they didn't lose any of those games, and then when they get him back, what that machine looks like, they look like before they lost him – this is this is why this is why they were holding them back because they weren't beating people bad enough, which is so dumb to me. Yeah, no, I, I, and I think obviously it played itself out the way that we discussed because um, they will be in the top four. Uh, well, which no, they're the show definitely is starting in, in, yeah. in five minutes, so I've, I've got it pulled up. We'll talk about it when it goes live. Um, but yeah, it, looking at this, like they they got to be able to sustain drives going forward, whether it's against Alabama or whoever they end up playing. Uh, but they, they got the skill players. They got the athletes. And on defense, uh, Gary Lewis jumped in. Uh, or Casey, Sauce uh, Sauce Gardner, number one cornerback in college football. Uh, maybe so. Uh, and Gary Lewis, maybe. by the way, jumped in and said, look at Oklahoma State without the running back Warren. Yeah, without Jalen Warren, yeah, that offense could not get it going. This is this is what happens. Everybody else loses their best skill player, and, and they fall mightily. Cincinnati struggled. They were in dogfights. They didn't lose any of them. The yeah. defense stepped up. Other guys stepped up. That offensive line stepped up big. I, 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 they're, they're, there's a reason they're in the top four. They deserve to be in the conversation with Michigan, who I think is one of the most complete teams I've seen in a long time. Wham with Alabama and Georgia, who we all have watched and seen and believe is, is are, are complete football teams. Like, they yeah. deserve to be in this. This is not, oh, the little guy's finally getting a chance. No, no one's giving them a chance. They have earned this. They've taken it. They've they've ripped it away from people who don't want to give it to them. Uh, Cincinnati, by the way, only ran 45 plays to 73 for Houston since he had eight sacks. Um, they did not turn the ball over. And Cincinnati was able to put up the 35 points there and 400 yards of total offense yep. in only 19 minutes and 41 seconds time of possession. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the defense was on the field for a long time, and they didn't get tired. That's scary. Yes. Like, well, like if depth. you're one of these other three teams that got to play them, you got to look and say, am I going to be the Power 5 team that loses to the little school? Because that defense beat on the field. I thought – the reason I liked Houston in this game was simply I thought the back door was left open 10-and-a-half and ended up closing it like 11-and-a-half. Um I thought the back door is going to be open for this cover. And that's that what scared I, and it me. Was. It and, was. And, and, and with Cincinnati's defense being on the field, the entire game, three full quarters worth of Cincinnati's defense being on the field almost, I, I thought it's only time before Houston makes a play to get, get something in the end zone to get the back door in. And they couldn't do it. Cincinnati's yeah. defense didn't get tired. They didn't look exhausted. And at the end of the game, they were still blitzing and getting to the quarterback and getting tackles in the backfield and pressure on the uh, on the offense like they were in the first half. A lot that of was people, impressive. A lot of that was impressive. Were were very impressed with the atmosphere. Said it was the loudest oh, they've yeah. ever heard it. Uh, that third quarter run that they had, where they scored three touchdowns at just back to back to back, that yeah. was the backbreaker for Houston. You know? This is why we have to get to 12, and this is why first-round games have to be played on home field advantage. 
Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm totally this, with that. When if expand, you saw what be. Cincinnati did, now now the the atmosphere in Atlanta, but you have two monster schools, two monster fan bases. The atmosphere in Jerry World was unbelievable. The atmosphere in in Indianapolis, you've got Michigan who hasn't made it in forever, and so every Michigan fan alive is fighting to get tickets to that game. Like, oh, yes, you had great atmospheres, but put those games on the home field advantage, and it's a different it's a whole world. different ball game. It's oh a my gosh, is it different? I I don't know that Baylor wins that game if it's in if it's in Oklahoma State. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. If it's in Stillwater, Baylor's not taking that game. That's a different outcome. It is uh it, home field mattered this year. Like you can look at numbers and say that it didn't and whatnot, but like in big games, in big games it home, did. Across the board won. it's it's yeah. anecdotal. Yeah. But but in big moments and big games, yeah, it was important. Now you have certainly got that right. Um Gary Lewis, Chris B about on campus first round CFP games. Yes. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. When I when I saw the Cincinnati game and what hell uh last year, was it last year? Two years ago, sorry. I went to the Memphis Cincinnati game here in Memphis. It was it was unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And that's little old Memphis. You got that right. You got that right. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Uh, the Big Ten title game, Michigan 42, Iowa 3. We obviously don't have to spend long on this one. Uh, numbers here. Michigan won yardage 461 to 279. They won yards per play 7.4 to 3.9. They won thirds downs uh, 40 to 26%. Drive points 28 to 3. And rushing 211 to 104. Um, Iowa won turnovers. Not shocking. Um, I was just about to say, Iowa yeah. needed to score on turnovers. And that's and what do it. That's what Michigan did that was best, which is when they turned the ball over, which we all knew they would, you got to tackle those guys. You can't let them score because their offense ain't beating you. Yes. And they did it. Now you're 100 percent right because this uh, game was we, tight for a while. This oh, game was, was yeah, it was 14 real to three. tight. It was 14 to three at the half, and then it was only 21 to three oh, at the end of the. I was going to say quarter, going, into the, going into the fourth quarter, it was it was tight. Yeah, it was it, it, as tight as 21 got, to three can be. But this was exactly what. Well, we then said it got it was, ugly, right? We we said, uh, or uh, I don't remember if you agreed with me or not, but this was Iowa is a poor man's Michigan. Right. It, yes. these, the Everything matchup, Michigan does, Iowa yeah. does substan- like probably 30% less. Well, offensively, I think they're about 80% less. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. This is 
hang on, at what point do we look at Ference and say, your son doesn't get to coach the offense anymore? Because this is bad. This is real bad. It's I don't now, I know. do think that would be the thing that would make him want to just retire. Yeah, probably if, so. If you told him he had to fire his son, he would just he would just retire. He but, found a way again to win ten ball games with yeah. that offense. That defense is really good, and it's a shame for those defensive players to have to play like that. Yes, yes, I don't like. Get I'm going to tell you this: like, I I I believe in the one team, one heartbeat philosophy. But man, I have watched some games this year in college and in the pros where if I was a defensive player, I'd be getting some ass in those locker rooms with some of those offensive guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're out here killing ourselves, making hellacious plays, Herculean effort to get you the ball back. And you just give it away to the other team like it's nothing constantly. Oh, it would it would drive me insane. Oh, drive me I, insane. I, I, have, I have learned this year, the older I've gotten, the less of a team player i am and if i'm doing my job and you're making my job a hundred times worse somebody's going through a window (laughs) i love it i love it uh the cusa conference title utsa 149 to 41 over western kentucky i love Uh, the roadrunners man this team has been awesome all year long uh god i I forget what the quote was but he he went for fourth down a couple of times where it was eh, a little iffy you know maybe we shouldn't he said i just signed a 10-year contract like they can't pay me out right now. Like yeah. I can do whatever I want to, right? Now. I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. It's but I'll tell you this: I think he needed some of those fourth downs. He like, did. This is, a, this is a tight game. This is a close game. It's a good game. It, it I was. was uh, I was real happy for the Roadrunners to pull this out, finish the yeah. season strong. UTSA closed as a three and a half point dog. They opened as a one and a half point favorite. Um, they won rushing yards three hundred four to negative nine. Now Western Kentucky wow. doesn't even try. To, no, to, and, and 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 rushing it, college football still just yes. won't fix their stats. Those are all sacks because you don't run the football ever. Yeah, they uh they ran the ball. Uh, let's see, a total of sixteen times for negative nine yards. Uh, two of them were sacks that uh, cost them thirty five yards. Uh, well, you, that, kill, that kills you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because Zapp, that's taken off a of running. Game. Seven attempts for five total yards for him. The uh, running back four attempts for fifteen yards. But uh, but Bailey Zap, man. He threw this thing 36 out of 59, uh, 577 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. They were yep. down 28 to 13 at the half and then came out two just idiotic plays that, that led them to a 42 to 13 hole. Yep. And and then they started coming back. This ball and, game. Whoo, they, yeah, but it, it got tight. It got, well, it got real tight, tight. But I, at some point in time, you're playing against the clock, right? Like, this is what everyone said in that Patriots-Falcons game. Like, the coaching disaster that that was because you're not even playing against an opponent now. Like, you're yeah. just playing against time. And if you can't manage that well enough, you don't deserve to be coaching. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, Gary Lewis said, trivia star, Utah tailback was buried on Cincinnati running back depth chart around 2018. I don't know which one that is. I will tell you this, uh, Cincinnati's star running back Jerome Ford was buried on Alabama's depth chart for a long time like he just got to get the opportunity like you don't know which yep. one of these guys is going to end up you know this is why out. if you're a five-star guy and you're going to play behind four or five other five-star guys in front of you stop doing that yeah go somewhere where you can play even if it's a small school winning a ring and never touching the field has got to be a sad sad life yes um <laughs> Paul Riggs jumped in Chris, in my 68 years, this is the first time hearing what you said. First man through the wall gets bloody. I will use it. 
Good thing. Uh, that's not a quote for me. That's a quote actually from Billy Bean. Uh, it's a baseball when he started doing the sabermetrics things. There were sabermetric guys out in the world trying to get baseball to convert to it, and no GM would do it. Billy Bean was backed up against the wall. He had no choice. When it when it started going badly early, he he immediately tried to, to rally his troops and get the people in his locker room to understand first got through the wall always gets bloody you, you just we're gonna catch negative heat we have to keep doing it though it's the only way to keep winning it's the only yeah. way to beat the bad guys is you've got to turn the odds around on the house yes yes uh casey jumped in said bama was even rigged to beat gonzaga last night yeah that as if as if alabama people don't have enough in their life it, it was uh i was spent by the time that game was done I was it, like I'd still watched all of Pitt and uh, and Wake Forest, and I had Michigan and Iowa on the other screen. But uh, but yeah, it was it was it was a good day to be an Alabama fan. Uh, the Sun Belt Conference Championship game, Billy Napier goes out a winner, not bad. Uh, Twenty four to sixteen over App State is Louisiana the new champion. The post game win expectancy was only fifty two percent. Uh, not super surprising that this was a tight game. Uh, Louisiana plays a lot of tight games, but uh, right. as I said on the Bet US show, and as I have said multiple times, Louisiana plays up or down to the level of competition. They do it every weekend. Like it, it, it's, 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 it's so tough. Like, I, I I think I might have lost more money on Louisiana this year than ever any one single team ever is is I could not figure them out. I mean, this is one of those where every time I call heads, it lands on tails. If I switch it up, they lands on heads. It didn't matter. This team, they modeled this year of inconsistency. Like, it was just yes. weird. It, it was it, – And they I won their championship. They they played their best football against the best teams. And then That's they right. played like crap and just struggled to get by against Arkansas Barely State. Barely had one bad team. Like Louisiana Monroe. They Monroe. Had, yeah. Like it, they, they did this over and over. But I, I've seen it for two years with this team. Like I know what they do. This is very much – you know what it reminds me of? Can Napier bring that to Florida? Well, that's, that's I, what I, I was really, say. really, really, really need – I really, really need that, that same attitude in Florida. Okay. I, I it, it, that's what I was going to say. I don't think Florida fans will appreciate this, but this is very much what Jim McElwain used to do, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He, Jim McElwain won three SEC titles, or went to three SEC championships in a row, and got fired. Yeah, because he he messed around. He went enough, and he didn't win bad enough. Yeah. He 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 dicked around with bad teams, and they won those games. A lot of them. That's how you get to SEC championship games, but they don't cover they don't win big they don't get a lot of publicity because you're in tight games with bad football teams yes uh so they were two and a half point dogs at closing they upset app state 24 16 they won yardage 398 to 290 they won yardage. it was a fun it was a fun game it was it was i I had it on one of the screens it was a it was a good game it was a well-coached game on both sides uh and it was tight it was a tight i was watching all eyes on the big 12 game but i had it on i was looking over a lot it was it was a good game no, it, it, it was exactly was. what I thought. I think those two teams, with the coaching staffs and the players that they have this season, those two teams might mirror each other more than any conference rival I've seen in a long time. Yes, yes. Uh, I think they're I think they're put together very much alike. That Louisiana defense, they shut down Chase Bryce. They did not get the turnovers yes, uh, that you would maybe somewhat expect out of Chase Bryce, but uh, held him to 12 out of 30 passing for 119 yards and only one touchdown. Yeah, I was um, about to say, not a lot of points and uh, not a lot of yards, not a lot of first downs. I mean, it was, it was a fight for App. You got that right. Uh, speaking of a game that was not a fight, 
Utah 38, Oregon 10 in the Pac-12 title, which, by the way, was phenomenal in Las Vegas. Had over 55,000 people there. It wasn't full by any stretch of the imagination, but it's way better than when Utah played against Washington and Santa Clara in front of like 10,000 people, and that's what they said. Like, it may have been it may have been a few thousand people there. Like, no, nobody no. in Santa Clara, yeah. California. Hundreds, of, hundreds of people were, were at them in San Francisco. Yes. And, 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 now, and most of those people aren't sports fans. Most of those people were corporate folks that got tickets because yes. the sponsorships just had to give away tickets to put butts in the seats. Utah showed out in this one. Yeah. They won the two games combined against Oregon this year, 76-17. to 17. The point spread was three in both of those games. Um, I mean, this is just unbelievable. So, How did this Oregon team beat Ohio State? Like, I, I just, Well, so that's a question I've got. My bigger question, we're going back to the very start of the show, okay? I, why is everybody so in love with Mario? I, I'm not saying Mario is a trash coach. I think Mario is a really good coach. Why is he a guy that you would break the bank and, and mortgage the future for? Um, he is a big-time recruiter, so that's the biggest thing is he can get players. Uh, now, this year, obviously, they had a ton of injuries. It, it is tough to gauge exactly what Oregon was, but uh, he just... It, but what about what about last year? I mean, what last about the year, year before that? Well, like, last year, they went, like, what, 3-2, and two and they won the Pac-12? Like, with the win yeah. over USC, they won the Pac-12 the year before that. I guess oh, last year's like, a COVID year. I'm not going to blame that. I'm not going to... Yeah, the he year just, before that, they won the Pac-12 and they won the Rose Bowl. Like I understand that, but they weren't impressive. No, no. I mean, uh, that was that's like the worst. That that 2019 year was the worst Pac-12 season we may have ever seen. Oh, that's uh, Gary Lewis jumped in. Oregon had a uh, Verdell against Ohio State. That that does that does play a lot into it. Uh, Gary Lewis said Mario is a recruiter. That's the biggest thing, and it is. It absolutely yeah. is. Okay. Well, Ed was a recruiter as well, and and that's always fun for a little bit. But at some point in time, I've told you this: your head coach has to be able to get you out of problems. Yes. He has to be able to solve problems or else he's 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 just standing on the sidelines, cheerleading. That's all he's doing. Yes. Once the game kicks off and you, and recruiting is over and the season starts, the most important time of the year where the games are actually being played, I need my head coach to do something. You I, can hire a ton of a great recruiters. Look what Jim Harbaugh just did. You yeah. can go out and you can hire young guys to be hot shot recruiters. I need problem solvers that are on the field coaches. And I damn sure need the highest paid guy to be a problem solver. He either, either needs to be the architect of the offense or the architect of the defense. He doesn't have to be the play caller, but he needs to be able to say, Things aren't going right. I'm taking over steering the ship. It's what what Cristobal has done. Uh, you look and the defense did not play all that well overall this season, um, and that's because Andy Avalos left to go and take the uh, the Boise State job. Uh, well, now but Mario's supposed to be the defensive guy. No, Mario's an offensive line guy. Like Mario's. Never I thought he was a defensive guy. guy. No, he's he's been an offensive line coach forever. Like he. And he was a head coach at uh, at FIU. Like he's not a defensive guy, but he builds strong defenses. So well, that's I guess that's why I got that impression. Because he does build, yeah. tough, he does recruit tough players. He oh, does yeah. build a tough style football team that that I like watching. I wouldn't break the bank for this guy though. Like yeah. I wouldn't leave my coach in limbo unless I can get Mario. Like right? No. Like if I could get Mario, is he better than Manny? Yeah, but I. But how I'm much not, better? Like, is he I'm not ruining a relationship with a guy that I've got that I might end up having to live with for at least another year for this. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Gary Lewis jumped in. Cristobal is way overrated. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, I don't know. Like, he can recruit, and, and if he's got the right coordinators, then yes. But that's very much a Dabo thing, and, and it was a, a Coach O thing, et cetera. Like, yeah. you've got to have other guys. And but he's know, not going to have Joe That's not even just those guys. That's a Nick Saban thing. Yeah. That's a Jim Harbaugh thing. That's a Kirby Smart thing. Like, there's no coaches out here not doing it, doing it by themselves. Yes, like agree. all the successful coaches have great staffs, and you have to be able to hire good people. the The problem is, is when there's no doubt in my mind that if Nick Saban's DC gets hit by a bus tomorrow, like Saban can step in and take care of the defense. Like he can fix all their problems. All right. Kirby, the same thing. Like I can, I believe those guys are good enough to take over. I don't believe Dabo is smart enough to take over the defense. Now that now the Vittables is gone. Like, like I just, I just don't. No, I I agree with you. I agree. There's no doubt. Jeff Levy is a great coach. Offensive coordinator, offensive play caller. If he leaves, there's no question that I don't think that offense is going to slow down one lick because it's Lane's off. Lane is the architect. Yeah, I trust him to fix the problems. Yes, no, they. This is Jason Garrett in college football, clapping your hands and cheering on the team during the most important times of the game. That's not what you want. Yes, yes, I'm with you. Um, Let's see. Oh, coming up next, they're uh, they're announcing the teams in just a little bit. Um, So. Uh, staying on this Utah game, uh, they won yardage three sixty one to two twenty one, even after Oregon's late ninety yard touchdown drive. Which, think about that. Until that ninety yard touchdown drive, they had held them to like one hundred and thirty yards of offense. Like Utah smashed them in a way that nobody else seemed to be able to do this season. Like it was, it was unbelievable. Third downs, they won uh, forty six to thirty three percent. They won rushing one ninety one to seventy four. Uh, drive points twenty to seven. Like this was. Uh, this was a whipping. Like, it, it Utah did get helped by uh, by an interception return for a touchdown. Um, but that that's not the interception that that really drove me crazy. The one on the yeah. sideline, Anthony Brown. What are you doing? Like towards the end so of the bad, second yeah. quarter, just complete give up on the play, throwing the ball to the other team, not even paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Just so unbelievable. Been, that, now that's college football, though. Like that's this is. 19-year-old kids, 20-year-old kid That's a, that didn't were, have a lot of experience. There were Oregon fans that were uh, pushing for Dylan Gabriel, for Spencer Rattler, for da 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 Dylan, Dylan, about 45 minutes away from our house right now. Yes, yes, he is down in Oxford. But, uh, I mean, he could end up in Oklahoma if uh, if Caleb decides to leave it. Because, remember, Lebby was the, the thing that kind of – but we'll see. No, no. Who knows? No, he's going, um, he's going to Lane. Pitt, 45, Wake Forest, 21. Another one that we don't have to spend a ton of time on. Uh, Pitt's postgame win expectancy was 95%. Wake, with all of the interceptions, what in the hell, Sam Hartman, four interceptions. Um, and that, that was basically the ball game. Like, it, Pitt and their defense. Damn. The ball game of this game was we didn't get – we got three points scored in two and a half quarters. From these two teams? Uh, well, so, so here's what we got. It was um, – it was 21 to 14 at the end of the first quarter and then Wake Forest did not score again um but Pitt 14 points in the first quarter 10 points in the second quarter 7 in the third and then 14 in the fourth i mean they they scored as they went along um all those points of that the, the, their last three touchdowns were all defensive touchdowns yeah yeah so that's not but that's not them scoring that's no, not no, offensive no. football being awesome hey. this was supposed to be offensive football being awesome yeah, it, was it was not. It was not that. For the first quarter, it was absolutely that. 
So for I've the been rest told- of the game, it was like a defensive juggernaut game. What the hell are we doing? We didn't sign up for that shit. I went to watch that. I watched the Big Ten. Yeah. I want to see five turnovers and defensive scores and no offensive points. I watched the Big Ten. I come to the ACC, AAC, whatever, <laughs> ACC. That's right. I had it right the first time. Because so I want to see some points. The, the, the field in Charlotte, I have been told, like, nobody, nobody scores there for whatever reason. Right, that doesn't make any sense. You I don't understand. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I had been told before the game that hey, it's going to be like this will be an under, and I was like, what? that makes no sense. Like just because because the, of like, the field. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. But that's what I was told, and it ended up playing out right. So that, 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 that doesn't sound right. That's an, I need to, I need to, I need to hear some logic. I need to see some science. Like I need more information than somebody just saying, oh well, that, people don't score in Charlotte. Like it just—it's like a black hole. It's like a sinkhole that just doesn't happen. Like that doesn't make any sense. I mean, so what? One thing that I was told is that the wind blows like it, it makes it incredibly difficult to throw the football. Um, but that's just—that's just weird. Gary Lewis, by the way, jumped in and said uh, Narduzzi is Big Ten. So he—he he normally is. This season he has not been. This season no, they've hung no. forty on everybody. Yeah, they and played have. no defense. By the way, no defense at all. What did you think about Kenny Pickett and and the fake slide early? Uh, okay, so it looks really cool and it's a great trick. But I'm going to tell you that that can't be allowed. It yeah. just like that has to be a. I, I'm not saying it should be a penalty, but as soon as you look like you're giving yourself up, if we're going to protect the quarterbacks the way we have. This for the last five six years, as soon as you look like you're giving yourself up, you've given yourself up, and you're down right there. Yes, you That's cannot it. fake that because it's not fair no. to the defense. Like it does look cool, but if a defensive player says you tricked me once, and the next time I just plow into you, then because because I'm going to tell you like let me go back to another Patriots Super Bowl. Um, the the Seahawks Super Bowl where the ball is flipped up in the air and Lockett catches it laying on the ground. There's a Patriot player running in from the side about to lay the boom and then he sees the ball's like okay Lockett doesn't have it and he jumps out he hurdles Lockett instead of doing it and then the ball falls on Lockett. He's like man if I plow into him I'm guaranteed a 15 yard penalty and they yes. get a first down. Like like there's it's a no win situation. The ball just happened to fall on his chest but if I break that up then, then I'm I'm definitely getting the 15 yarder, and they get the first down. It's a it's a lose situation all the way around for defensive guys. So much if you're gonna if you're gonna fake the slide as soon as you look like you're giving yourself up, I, we're gonna we're just gonna call you down right there. Yeah. I, I don't think it should be a penalty. I don't think it's a, just call you down right there. That's yes. it. It does look cool. It was awesome. It was fun to watch. You get one because we didn't know that a human being could do this. Yes. Now that we know that people are capable of doing this, uh, we, we're gonna we call gonna it down. Yeah, we're gonna call it down every time. Um, the MAC championship game: Northern Illinois forty-one, Kent State twenty-three. And props to Coach Hammock in that bunch. Uh, the Huskies, I'm telling you, um, they held the ball for forty minutes, and that offense for Kent State is not scary when they're on the bench. I tweeted that out yesterday. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's like, the biggest thing is if yes, if you keep them on the sidelines. And- the uh, the numbers on this uh, NIU won third downs fifty seven to forty four percent. They won rushing two sixty six to one ninety five. They won drive points twenty one to twenty, and they won turnovers two to one. Uh, Kansas State also had two fourth down failures. They uh, I, I looked at this. I was I was shocked. Like Kent State didn't get going really until they were already down twenty four to three in the first half. Kent State held the ball for like seven minutes. Like. <laughs> It was it was absurd. Um, Northern Illinois was helped by a pick six in this game, but 
regardless, like, the game plan was perfect. And this is the second youngest team in all of FBS. Like, they got a ton of first and second year guys that you did not expect a lot from, right? The recruiting rankings did not exactly hit these dudes. So, uh, that's the way that that goes. And finally, we'll close with this because they're about to do the uh, the top six here. Um, the... The MWC, Mountain West Championship game, we have got Utah State winning 46-13. to San Diego State had a bunch of dudes out. Um, I was shocked. Like, I, I wasn't, like, shocked that Utah State found a way to win. I was shocked at the way that this went. Uh, San Diego State runs a lot of their offense through their tight ends. All three of their top tight ends were out for this game due to uh, certain protocols, as we will say them. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, Casey said, poor Kyle. I knew Northern Illinois was a lock. No one bet on them. Everyone was on Kent State, including Futures. Uh, same with Utah State. Eh, yeah, I don't think anybody saw Utah State going from, like, one win last season to this. Yeah, no, nobody saw Utah State at all. This this was shocking. I didn't see this ass thrashing at all. No, same here. Um, this was – look, Utah State just, just demolished them. Like, just demolished them. Um, they, they Blake had a Anderson's ton of amazing, drives. right? Like, yes. what, what what a story for Blake Anderson. What a story, indeed. Just unbelievable. Cheers to Utah State. Uh, we don't even have to get into numbers. This was just bloodshed. This was ugly. Uh, and finally, let's jump into it. Ohio State is in at number six. Uh, Notre Dame is number five. Somehow, Baylor did not move up to number six. I'd I, I got no idea. Like, how, oh, how could you no. not? Why would, they, why would they, with Ohio State being there? Come on, man. They're gonna, just, they're gonna protect the brand. This is these people are the most corrupt sons of bitches the world has ever seen. It's it's right, just ridiculous. Like there are people that run FIFA that look at the NCAA and be like, "Damn, y'all got some balls, man. <laughs> y'all got some balls." Yeah, we at least tried to hide some of this shit with some like you know billionaire oil money from the Middle East, but damn, you Casey. guys don't even hide it. Casey jumped in and said, uh, Notre Dame will smoke Ohio State. Notre Dame won't play Ohio State. Ohio uh, Notre Dame won't play room. Ohio State. Like, it'll, yeah. it'll be Ohio State and Utah, and that could be very interesting because Utah uh, plays a ooh, lot like Michigan. I'm, I'm re- I was just about to say, I'd be real curious to see the line on that game because I bet Ohio State oh, yeah. gets a big number. Oh, probably so, but I, I will double digits? You this. Do you think they get double digits? I will bet Utah. 10? No, I bet it's I bet it's like 7-8. Okay, I was thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking more than seven, maybe ten. No, similar, similar to the uh, to the Michigan line. Um, But I I think I'll be betting Utah. I guarantee you that. Oh well, yeah. I don't. I don't care the number. I think they might be the better team. So Cincinnati gets in as um, as the four seed. So we're we're good there. Uh, Now we just wait to see. Like uh, Georgia, I would imagine is three. So we got to figure out is Alabama or Michigan number one or number two. Um, So all right, while we're waiting on this, let's talk about this. I actually think if I'm the college football committee, I want to see that SEC championship game again. I don't care that it just happened. It's not going to happen for another month. Let's let these two teams revamp and let's run it. Let's back. I put them as the semifinals. I would make them two and three. So I would. And what you do to appease the rest of the football is you guarantee that you don't get an all-SEC championship game. Yeah. No, that's – so, T.J. Reeves actually hit me up uh, just 10 minutes before we did the show and was like, yeah, Alabama, Cincy, and Michigan, Georgia is going to be two fascinating games. It's going to be awesome. And I was like, eh, you know, there is a world where they don't – like, they would prefer that the national championship not be an all-SEC final 
Well, I also think there's a world where they really want to try to get Michigan in that thing. And they yeah. think Michigan, in, in Cincinnati, you got a chance. You got a chance to get Michigan there. And I mean, Michigan's got a chance to get there, whether they're playing Georgia or whether they're playing. I, com- I completely agree. But if you if you're a if you're the people that run this thing, don't think of us. Think of the people that run this thing. If you're trying to manipulate the outcome, you don't care. Bama or Georgia are both going to bring the same amount of eyes. Bama, Georgia are both going to bring the same part people to the party. All right. You probably would rather Georgia because of the Bama fatigue, but you don't really care. Yeah. Michigan's who you really want. And if you're the people that run this thing, you have this assumption oh, by the that way, Michigan let me, is let me, significantly less than let me dive in. Bama. So strength of schedule. Uh, Alabama fourth, Michigan 21st, strength of record, Alabama first, uh, Michigan second, and versus FPI top 40 teams, Michigan five and one, Alabama nine and one. They're probably going to give this to Alabama, I would imagine. Uh, Oh, yeah, no, no, no. because I I don't think they want to see the SEC game. But like I said, I I think I would rather get that game. A, you know you're going to do a monster number. Oh, yeah. And and B, then you've – You've got the assuming factors. The betting favorite should be Michigan over Cincinnati. So the the you've got that concept of getting Michigan to a national championship game. Yeah. Uh, Gary Lewis jumped in. Ideal wish, force SEC teams to square off in first round. Hashtag yep. SEC fatigue. Uh, yep. Casey said, Michigan scares me way more than Bama and Georgia. Um, I mean, why? Like, I... Uh, I do think I do think there's a world where Michigan might be the best team in the country. Oh yes, absolutely. I, mean, I, I know what we saw um, from Bama yesterday. I I just understand that I've got a I've got twelve other games that says that that's not who they are all the time. Agreed. I assume they'll be that in a month because yeah. they'll have a month to get ready for their opponent. But I'm just saying we've got enough resume to say that hasn't been them for twelve games. Agreed. It was oh, absolutely it was, their, it was them for that game, but that's it. And that's uh, if we're just if we're talking players. Like that's both of those teams, Alabama and Georgia, both. Um, and there it is, Alabama number one. So, uh, Bama against Cincinnati, probably in Dallas, I would imagine. And yeah, Michigan, and Georgia in will be in Miami. That's yep. going to be a fun, fun ball game. Jim Harbaugh against Kirby Smart. Man, I am excited about this. Uh, <laughs> Casey said, yes, Cincy versus Bama, baby. Easy money. Bama are posers. I, I mean, I can't compl- I, I I can't contradict any of that. Who knows? I'll so. step in front of those two trains. I got no problem with that. <laughs> so Alabama number one, Michigan two, Georgia three, Cincy four. Um, I mean, obviously we don't have to break this down. We got a long time to do this, but uh, fascinating. Like Alabama yeah. against the first G five. Me, I mean, this is this is the most predictable playoff we've had. In a long time after after this week, yes, yes, this was the the easiest uh, top four that we've had uh, at the end of this. In, but not in just top four; like I think everybody in the country had this ranking for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Or they thought this was going to be the ranking. I don't know that they had this ranking if they were honest with themselves. Yeah, but like if um, we're looking pure, so here's the thing: here's the thing you got to look way, at. Bama, Cincy is Dallas, and Michigan, Georgia is in no. the, the Orange Bowl. Right. They just announced. So here's here's here's. Like, if you're looking pure resume, like best loss, best loss is Georgia, but they didn't win their conference championship. So if conference championships has to matter, then Georgia has to be fourth. Okay. All right. If you're looking at best loss, then you have to put Cincinnati number one. And you still get Cincinnati, best, Georgia now. Best win? 
Well, no. no. Best best loss because Cincinnati didn't have a loss. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I got you. I got you. All right. Now, if you're looking at best win outside of Bama and Georgia, Bama probably has the worst loss of them all. Not probably. Bama does have the worst loss of them yeah. all. Like, it's it's not even close. But, but you know, so, so that would have them probably third if you were looking at pure resume and just breaking this thing down. So, so Cincinnati Georgia has, doesn't have a good win on the season at all. No, Georgia, but like they've got two top twenty-five wins, but I don't think they've got a single top twenty win. Um, yeah. Alabama's got two top ten wins, uh, one of them top five, and that Ole Miss is uh, number seven. They were eight. They were well, eight. They were I would eight. imagine they'll they move eight. up over Oklahoma State, but we'll see. I would guess so too. Um, so, so you've got two top seven wins for Alabama. You've got Michigan with a big win over Ohio State, and and they've got other like good wins. Who do you but, think Ole Miss will play in the uh, in the Super Bowl? Um, Notre Dame? Baylor? No, Baylor. Baylor you think they'll definitely 12. play Baylor? Yeah, it's it's okay. it's Big Twelve versus but SEC. But Notre Dame is hang on. But Notre Dame has played in the Rose Bowl several times. How's that happen? In the Sugar Bowl, you mean? Sugar Bowl, I mean. Um, so this this was actually a recent thing that was done like several years ago that it was the Big Twelve versus the SEC champions, um, and they did it much the same so i guess that's when the big 12 champion makes it to the playoff then then it's a a backup the second well typically they could take notre dame after that yeah you could take notre dame after that yeah okay but i that that, i'm fine with that i I would have rather seen Ole miss and notre dame but yeah i'll agree i'm okay with that it'll it'll be Ole miss against baylor so lane kiffin against dave aranda that uh that could be a really interesting matchup um yeah uh, aside from that i mean like the the orange bowl like not the the Miami playoff game, but the actual Orange Bowl uh, that will be played yeah. after that, I think. Um, that will be Pitt against, oh, probably Notre Dame. Oh, I don't want to see that. Notre Dame's going to destroy Pitt. So that's that's more than likely what that one will be. Uh, the see, Peach Bowl this sucks. Uh, what, I don't even know what the Peach Bowl might be. Um, we got we got to get rid of tie-ins. We just got to let these bowls, like everybody gets a, an order. Okay, you get first pick, you get second pick, you get third pick, and you just draft two teams. Um, just build matchups. That's what we got to get to. We got to get rid of this tie-in bullshit. So, you figure Oklahoma State gets into one of these New Year's Six games? I would imagine they do. Prob- probably, because the people who run this need the Big 12 to still be seen as the Power 5 Big 12. So, if you got Oklahoma State playing in the... Um, if you've got them... Yeah, you get Oklahoma State in the Peach Bowl, then you put them up against, I don't know, Michigan State? I mean, that would work, I guess. It's not a super sexy matchup, but the only other one might be BYU, uh, but because there's no conference affiliation, I would imagine you'll probably just get Michigan State there. So, and Michigan State's ranked above BYU anyway, and I don't think that they're going to drop Oklahoma State super far, so I mean, they're going to announce the uh, the bowl matchups. Know, all the rest like of them will happen today. Yeah, we'll know it'll all happen today. today. So uh, Casey jumps in. Ritter versus Hutchinson for the title. Um, I, hey, it'd be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. We'll see. Ah, oh, Chris, is there anything else that we need to hit? Nope. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. You guys go over to Bet US. It's America's premier online sports book. What a uh, what a fascinating time to be alive. What a great college football season. It's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed these. We we won't be doing the Sunday recaps anymore. That uh that sucks, at least for, you know, a while. But uh but Chris, I, I gotta tell you, this has been my favorite show that we do out of the entire week. 
Oh, well, it's always yeah. a good time. Always a good I time. I appreciate everybody. We appreciate everybody that uh, jumps in the chat and whatnot every time. Gary Lewis, Trevor Shackelford, Casey, uh, all you guys, uh, uh, Paul that jumped in earlier, like all of you guys. We appreciate you guys. Share the show out. Tell your friends. If you haven't already, like the video for us. We certainly would appreciate that. Um, and with that, uh, go to BetUS.com. Go to WinningCuresEverything.com. Check out the BetUS College Football Show and the Bookmaker Review College Football Show. The links are in the description for those. Leave a nice five-star review on the podcast. Hit us up on Twitter. All that good stuff. And we will be back again on Wednesday, same as usual, going over to the NFL games. So hopefully all of your NFL tickets cash today, all that good stuff. Uh, but take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And again, we hope that your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.